Wolfing Down Food Science. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back. Well, it's time for summer vacation, and like everyone else, we are taking a summer vacation. But while we're doing that, we're going to start a new segment. It's called Summer Shorts. And Paige, could you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, so Summer Shorts, over the next five episodes, we're going to be introducing a brand new podcaster named Audrey Williams. So she is going to be giving us a little little sliver into the market space that is alternatives to animal-based protein sources. So she's looking at these protein sources through the lens of food science disciplines. So we get to hear a little bit about the marketing and management business aspects of this, um, this space, as well as the chemistry and the microbiology and the engineering behind how these products are, are actually getting um, to the market how they're made, and um, how they are kept safe for all of us. And we'll be hearing from Audrey again in the next couple of shorts that we'll be releasing. I've listened to some of uh, Audrey's podcasts, and they are absolutely amazing. Yes, I'm really excited to see a fellow FS201 student taking another podcast seat. Without further ado, here's Audrey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast Food for Thought, a podcast where we explore different types of foods and food industries from the perspective of food science. I'm your host, Audrey Williams, and I'm currently a senior at NC State University. We are starting our very first mini-series of the podcast that will focus on alternative protein in relation to food science. I'm so excited to teach you guys a little bit more, and I hope that you guys are excited to start listening. If you're an FS201 at NC State, you're probably already familiar with what food science is. But in case we have some listeners who aren't familiar, I want to give you a quick overview. Professor Luck at NC State describes food science as an exciting multidisciplinary career that draws on chemistry, microbiology, and engineering principles to produce, preserve, and protect the foods that we eat every single day. In this mini-series, we will talk about alternative protein from the five disciplines of food science that are marketing, chemistry, microbiology, engineering, and management. Now that we've gone through a little introduction, let's get started. First things first, what is alternative protein? In the United States, alternative protein refers to sources of nutritional and edible protein that is different than the usual animal-based protein that most Americans eat. As I'm sure you know, these traditional forms of animal-based protein include pork, beef, chicken, and fish. Examples of alternative protein include algae, insects, fermented proteins, cultured meat, and plant-based products like tofu. In this episode, we will talk specifically about the market and marketing of the alternative protein industry. This topic is especially interesting because, as I'm sure all of you have seen, alternative protein is becoming much more popular. As of 2017, nearly 40% of Americans were trying to eat more plant-based foods. 
There are many reasons that alternative protein is becoming so popular, especially in the United States, but some of the main reasons include concerns about animal welfare and environmental friendliness, changes in taste preferences, and even the perception that alternative protein is healthier than traditional protein. The increasing popularity among consumers of alternative protein has caused massive industry growth. So let's talk about some facts and figures in terms of this growth. As of 2017, the alternative protein market had grown by 22%. By 2018, the alternative protein market had grown to just under $5 billion. In the next decade, the industry is expected to grow exponentially to up to $85 billion. This will probably come as no surprise to most of you guys, but plant-based milk products are at the forefront of the alternative protein products and grew by 60% in just five years. As of 2019, it held 12.6% of the market share in dairy products. As I was researching the alternative protein industry, the fact that plant-based milk products were at the forefront of the industry came to no surprise to me because I see plant-based milk alternatives all over the place. If you go to Starbucks, there's a million options, oat milk, coconut milk, soy milk, and so I was not surprised at all to find out that this part of the industry had experienced some of the fastest growth. Another subsection of the alternative protein industry that has seen a lot of growth is plant-based meat products. There's a lot of variety of plant-based meat products, but some of the most common ones are vegetarian hamburgers and hot dogs and other options like vegetarian chicken and even vegetarian fish. Some brands that make plant-based meat products that might sound familiar to you are Impossible Foods that makes the Impossible Burger, Beyond Meat, Good Catch, New Wave, and No Evil Foods. Speaking of the Impossible Burger, this is an example of how you can see that alternative protein is becoming so popular in the United States. The burger King serves an Impossible Burger that is known for tasting so much like meat. We'll discuss in later episodes how Impossible Foods makes their Impossible Burger, but it's a great example of how popular it is that it's served in fast food restaurants. To wrap up our episode on marketing, let's talk about who is buying alternative protein products. One of the biggest determining factors in whether someone is likely to purchase and consume alternative protein is age. The age group of 18 to 24, which includes members of Generation Z and also millennials, are 22% more likely than the population as a whole to eat plant-based meat, poultry, or seafood products. Millennials from age 25 to 34 make up the largest share of plant-based meat eaters. The second largest group is the age group 35 to 44. As you can see from these statistics, the alternative protein industry has gained the most popularity among young adult consumers. Additionally, research says that veganism and vegetarianism is more common among women than men for a variety of reasons. From my own personal experience, I can see the validity in these statistics. As a 22-year-old woman, I myself buy plant-based meat products, and I have a lot of friends who buy plant-based meat products as well. My grandparents and parents and men that I know are less likely to try these products and are even a little bit grossed out by them. Now that we've talked about the market of the alternative protein industry and its consumers that are most likely to purchase and consume the items, we can start talking about how these products are actually made and what makes people like them so much. In the next episode, we will talk about the chemistry of alternative protein.
The chemistry aspect of alternative protein is especially important for plant-based meats because it allows the products to resemble and taste like meat. I hope you guys have enjoyed this first episode of Food for Thought, and I can't wait to get into the more scientific aspect of alternative protein. All of the sources that I've used for this episode will be available from Professor Luck. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. All right, well, we hope that you've enjoyed Audrey's Summer Shorts Food for Thought. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say is that an amazing part of being a teacher in this wonderful course, FS201, is just identifying talent. And I think, as you've already heard, Audrey has done a fantastic job of creating some uh, really great and informative podcasts. I really like the way she chose this first episode to highlight the different disciplines that come with alternative protein. FS201 is a melting pot for many different majors. Like myself, I'm a nutrition major. And you mentioned Audrey is a biological science and economics major. So you can really see her two passions coming through here. And I love that it all fuses so nicely with what we love, food science. Yeah, this was a a great project um, that Audrey did this past semester. Um, and she was really interested in looking at one specific topic, but through the lens of all the different disciplines of food science. So, so she decided that a podcast was a really good format. And I'm so excited that she did, because that means we get to, to share it with all of you um, out there. So we will be back in a few weeks after Audrey's Food for Thought Summer Shorts. And we'll start season two, which, little teaser, is all about texture and structure in foods. If you'd like to find out more about our podcast, Wolfing Down Food Science, please check us out at NCSU's Food Bioprocessing and Nutrition Science website, where you can find our show notes, reference links, and more. You can find out more about NC State, our department, and FS201, the amazing course that has brought us all together, on our website as well. Please don't forget to subscribe to Wolfing Down Food Science wherever you stream your podcasts like Spotify and iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to Wolfing Down Food Science. See you next time.